because if I'm ever going to let you email the clients directly, I need to trust that you're not going to be sloppy about it. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, a fellow freelancer. I've been doing this work for a long while now, and I have a knack for helping people get jobs. And it was so funny. Back when I was in my full-time job, my boss would come to me and help me go through seas of applicants when it was time to hire somebody new. And I saw how much he hated doing that and how easy it was to pick out who stood out from the cover letters, from the applications, all the way to the interview to see who nailed it. And what I thought was common sense for me, I think I'm batting getting hired 100% in all of my job interviews, is not common sense for everybody. And in the online space, things are a little bit different. Everything I talk about today in this podcast, I'm seeing this happen every day. And it also applies to podcast pitching, how to stand out, how to make the connections. So my friend Allie Grummer and I were chatting and she was hiring for a marketing assistant and she was asking me, is this normal? She felt bad. I think she just, I think she felt bad that people were disqualifying themselves from the job. So today we're going to talk about that hiring process, give you insight to how a business owner did it. Also, you can step up, do the right things and get the discovery call. Allie was so gracious with her time. She's an email marketer. This isn't even her realm, but she is just as nerdy and techie as me and likes to figure out the puzzles and we want the best for people. So after you listen to this podcast, reach out to her on Instagram and say thank you. She is not hiring right now, but feel free to say thank you and start growing your network. I think today's conversation is so insightful. You can also join her on her next round table if you want to talk about email marketing or whatever. All the links are in the show notes. This interview is for those of you who are struggling and wondering why no one's hiring you. Everything matters. And inside my Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistance School, I have a guest speaker coming to talk about outreach emails. That first outreach that you do is so critical. Yes, your portfolio matters, your booking link matters, how you conduct yourself in a discovery call. Luckily, inside the school, we're covering all of that and setting you up for success. And if you already know how to do it, this will help you polish and stand out and really just you know, find your dream clients within discovery call and make it so you're more in a power position, right? So you're not coming at it desperately, like ready to work with any client that will take you. But before I get into the episode, my digital marketing work group is open. If you have any sort of client experience, if you know how to jump on a call and book a client, if you've done some of the work, if you are offering any services related to marketing, even admin and project management, I have a digital marketing work group that is a membership where we share jobs. We have monthly get togethers where we talk about situations where like why we're not getting the clients, client boundaries, we're supporting each other. And we also have of advanced trainings. So if you want to get into podcast management, if you want to learn how to do pitching, if you want to build a media kit, if you need to learn techie zappier things, if you want to learn cool unicorn ninja tricks for email and WordPress, this is the place to go. It is application. We want to make sure that you know what you're doing as far as the client side of things. So you're representing the group well, knowing that marketing, we're always learning, evolving and dipping our toes into something new. 
Okay, so you can apply inside the show notes. Just click on the application and get to town. Love to have you. All right, let's jump into the interview with Allie. Hey, we're here. Welcome to the show, Allie Grummer. I'm so excited to have you back. Just for those of you who don't know, episode 76, Allie was on the show. She's an email marketer and conversion copywriter. We talk a lot about email. She's my fellow techie copywriting nerd in the email space. So I encourage you to go listen to that. But I brought Allie here on the show today to talk about hiring and standing out as a virtual assistant as an independent contractor or freelancer. And that's because Allie is a hiring couple positions. We were chatting in the DMs. We're like, we need to talk about this because people are doing things wrong. So Allie, say hello. Tell everyone a little bit about you if they haven't met you yet. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Allie Grimmert. Uh, My business is called Duet, D-U-E-T-T. I started out as a personal finance blogger in 2016. Did the super like deep dive nerd thing like every night and weekend, like learning blogging and SEO and websites and email and all that. And then my business just turned four. So I started doing it in 2018, pre-pandemic. Yeah. So I niched down into email marketing pretty quickly. Um, I have a handful of people on my team. I've got copywriters. I've got tech setup people, people who can help me with automations and checking links and all that. Research assistant. I just closed applications for two others, a marketing role and a virtual project assistant role. So I've done the hiring thing. And I'm really grateful that I've had people on my team for two and a half years, one and a half years, like the shortest length of time is a year and a half right now for like my core team. So people stick around and I love it, which means I've also found the right people. So I'm happy to talk about this because it's quite the process. Yes. Oh my God. We had a lot going down in the DMs where like, <laughs> we have to get this in front of more eyes. So people feel confident. So they get past that first hurdle in the hiring process. And what we're talking about today still applies to any kind of job that you apply for. Really? It really does. But on the online space, things are a little bit different. And tell me what positions you're hiring, or I think you've closed those. So I just want to put that out there. Don't reach out to Ellie about these jobs. <laughs> but just keep- Paint that picture so people can see, you know, what we're talking about. Please don't add to my overwhelm. Like, I hate letting people down and being like, it's closed, though. Good luck. Like, it's just too much. So what happened was I am learning how to build out a little agency, uh, which means I can't be responsible for all the things all the time anymore. And a big part of that is a strategic part of things like understanding the tech side. So get this, my VA who's been with me for a year and a half at about like the year mark is when I decided I need to hire on a new project manager to train them in these ways. I already have like a project manager slash OBM, but I also want to relieve her because she doesn't want to be doing all as many day-to-day tasks. Right. So I'm like, I need to find someone who can like take some of her, take some of me and do this. Well, um, I did the whole job application, job posting, interviewing, test project, all of that. Decided to hire from within. What? Yeah. Yeah. So my VA of a year was like, I'm ready for it, Allie. Like, I want to step up. And I kept telling her, I was like, this is like a big job. Like, this is learning project management. Well, here's a woman. I met with her in January. And she's like, well, yeah, I took an OBM course this last fall. And I was like, you're my VA. If you're taking an OBM course, I need you to tell me. <laughs> because huh? last thing I want as an employer is for you to be like, oh, and here I am still pushing tasks for Allie. I'm like, girl, if you want to move up into project management, you got to tell me and I will give yeah. you opportunities for that. So yeah, I had compared her with another gal and there's just so many things that stood out about her. Part of it is like, she's always been the person to show up. 
She shows up, does the thing, shows up even when I didn't need her to. I had a client send a not so nice email like the Friday before Christmas. And that Tuesday, because Christmas is like at the end of the week, she hopped online. She's like, how can I help? And I'm like, in tears. <laughs> I'm like, you're the best. Right. So that like that loyalty factor is there. She always shows up. She does the thing. I never have to worry. Like if it's on her list, it'll get done. So I decided to move her up internally. And so I've got her training into this new position, which is going to take a few months. So I needed to find someone to replace her. And I have to stop you right there. This is exactly what I teach. You get in, prove yourself, learn the business. Like no one's too good for this. We get it in the mail room and very quickly the cream rises. And if you're good at what you do, business owners want to keep things in house and you can up level within someone's business. It takes a little time. It doesn't happen overnight, but this is exactly what she did. So kudos to her. Amazing. Like, and it's so funny because it was between her and another gal. And when I sent her the Slack message to say, Hey girl, it's yours. I told my boyfriend and he goes, good. I was rooting for her. Like, he's like the way that you talk about her, like your team, like she's a core part of my team. But I also had to be really strategic as a business owner because this other gal had a lot more experience, but also I know this team member and that she's a quick learner and she's eager. And she's like, I know it's a lot of work. But she's also the kind of team member that doesn't like, she doesn't drain our team with like too many questions or whatever. Like she's pretty like autonomous and gets her stuff done, asks questions when she needs to. So it's like, I know that I can train her without it being a complete burden on me. Yeah. And, And there, I think for that type of project management role, it really is the follow through like project management's ability to break things down into deadlines, keep people on task and follow through. I personally suck at follow through with my own business. Like for clients, like I, I behave like I'm like Jekyll and Hyde, right? Like (laughs) I finish everything. I put them first, but I think that's why we hire project managers to oversee it. Cause I don't want to keep popping in and following up and making sure things get done. So I think as long as you're clear like that and she's a doer and not a excuser, Yeah. I'm up with my own noun right there, but yeah, Yeah. that's amazing. Well, okay, but get this. I've told her, like, Laura, do you realize that we have to hire two people to replace you? Two people. And she's like, thank you. Um, But it's true. So we are hiring a virtual project manager. So the person who will assist Laura with all of our client work. So that's not strategy. That's not copywriting. It's a lot of like task doing. It's setting up surveys correctly. It's setting up onboarding files. It's doing your tasks in Asana when she assigns them to you. Like it's gathering existing email data with a new client. So we kind of know what their baseline is and storing those things in Drive and formatting it correctly in the template. Like we've got the things, we just need the person to keep doing it. And then the other big thing is like setting up reports. So like I'll do audits and then we'll have research reports, making sure that those are like in a really beautiful template in Google Slides. And it's like double checking the links and stuff like that, just like, I need people I can trust to do that because nice. I don't want, I don't need my project manager's time to be spent handholding either. Like, yeah. yes, I want her to like breeze through the presentation, but I want to know that my virtual project assistant has double checked her stuff. Yeah. Cause you don't want the person who goes too fast and you feel like they're spending no time on your business. They're doing things a little bit sloppy. Mm-hmm. You have to QC everything. Yeah. And I've got like crazy SOPs. I've got templates. Like my Google slides template is like pretty well. I believe you. (laughs) Like you should see my Asana. I do. It was great. Show me later. (laughs) And then I hired an OBM who has made it like on speed. It's ridiculous. So yeah. So that, that role doesn't sound super sexy, right? Like, but 
it's like pivotal to our business. And yeah. that has a little bit of a quicker turnaround, you know, like takes me two days to do an audit. And then we need two days later, I need to be able to like record it and send it off to the client before our call. Like there's some timeliness to it. The other role that I'm hiring for and getting Laura out of is the marketing assistant. So that's the like helping me send my weekly emails like that girl. The reason why we send weekly emails is because she reminds me. Oh, She's good. Like, by the way, I formatted that email that you wrote two months ago. <laughs> Will you look at it so I can schedule it? And so and she'll just like kind of keep me posted on like the next four weeks. Like I've got a roundtable announcement. I've got this and this and this like. What do you want to do that during this week? So having a person be responsible for that. I've also added to that role, someone who can pitch podcasts and submit speaker presentations. To oh my podcasts. gosh. That's so funny because I just did that reel about speaker organization. Yes. I, I saved because, it. Because once you like have it there, I mean, once a person gets you what to look for, how to like fix things, like has your speaking topics, has your template, they can run with that. Absolutely. That's actually like my task is to like my business coach was like, that's what you need to do. Like set up all the podcast resources, all of the event resources. It takes and then so much time to fill out those speaker. It does. And then requests. to research it. Cause like, I don't want to be on every podcast under the sun and I don't want to be part of every summit because I work with, you know, high paying clients. I don't need yeah. to be on like new VA summits, which people used to ask me. And I was like, I mean, as much as I want to teach you how to use email, like I don't have any products or anything related to that. It's not so going really be a huge benefit to me. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was, I am currently hiring for both of those positions in oh the like reviewing applications phase. But yeah, I definitely ran across a plethora of things that annoyed me. Yes. <laughs> Which is why we're here. Which is why we're here. Right. Like, and then I see the chatter in my group of contractors and I see a, a different angle. Like I see the business owner angle and I see the internal ones too. And you reached out and you're like, is this just like a freelancer thing? And I'm like, there is a culture. You cannot yeah. post this corporate stuffy, no offense, Amy Porterfield, but that template she gave everybody turns everybody off. Everyone yeah. is here being a freelancer because we want freedom and we don't want to work for an a-hole. So there's a balance. And yeah. so we do talk about this too. So I have some thoughts to share as well, yeah. but let's start with one of your like big, like, what did you see that people were doing wrong? Like what was something well, good? I will say I worked really hard on that job posting. Like, and I worked on that with my business coach. It was not boilerplate at all. Like we have like the values of the company, the value of this role, the things that I want everybody on my team to get excited about. Like we root on for, like we root on for our clients, we work as a team, like those kind of things like had to be in there. And I do get a lot of people that apply saying like, I love the vibe of like, your culture as a company and how excited you get about your clients. Like, that's awesome to me because I, I want people on my team who feel yeah. that same way. One of the, let's see, I got a couple annoyances. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will, let me, let's explain my process. So I've got an app, I've got okay. a job posting and at the bottom I have an application we usually have like a date that it closes. So the application, they fill it out, email, all of that. The follow-up email, thanks to Google Forms, form notifications, says like, okay, here's your next step. And I have like a little tiny test project that's related to the role. And it usually requires them having to send me an email with a specific subject line and a link. The end, right? Easy. I get so many people who don't do the test project. And while I know there's like some natural attrition, like maybe people like apply and then they're like, maybe I changed my mind. That's fine. 
But my question to you, which I remember just like frantically on Instagram being like, like, are people telling them to not do this? Cause it's like free work. That was my big question. Cause I'm like, yeah. I need some sort of proof that you can follow instructions. Right. I need some sort of proof that you're going to like be relatively good at this role. So I'm not doing it as a business owner. Like I'm not trying to like steal work from you. Like everybody gets the same test project. So for instance, with the virtual project assistant, the test project was like, they open a Google doc and it has like the three instructions or whatever, yeah. create a, a four eyes account, which is a free survey platform, create the survey and then send me this email. And all the questions were below and things marked off, like check all that apply or choose one things that are super detailed, right? So when you're setting up a survey, if you do multiple choice, but you say check all that apply, that doesn't make yeah. sense because yeah. I can only pick one. Yeah. So those kinds of things. Um, and then the email is like, here's a survey link, comma, alley, exclamation point. Like that's the subject line. I should be able to set up a filter so that anybody sends me one gets a tag, like as an applicant, like that's how like tailored I like this to be. <laughs> and man, I sound like such a, I do sound like an a-hole. No, no but I think you, about no, it. No, you don't. No, 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 no. Okay. So <laughs> that's, that is one example. So it's, it's not a huge thing. It's maybe like a five to 10 minute task. So I guess I want to get that across that like as business owners, we're doing this to actually measure your skill set. But here's the thing. I got 50 applicants, five zero. Okay. I'm a tiny little, I'm a girl from Nebraska, just running a little business here in Lincoln. Like, and I got, I consider that a ton of applicants, but we had like, at least 15 of those not even finish the application. Oh so if you God. think about it, that's helping me limit my time and energy. I didn't even read those applications. Didn't yeah. even read them. Delete and then, <laughs> then you have the handful of people who did the test project, but they did it with errors. So maybe they didn't mark things as required, or maybe they marked things as required that shouldn't have been, like it would, in particular with a survey. Yeah. So it's that kind of detail. How many uh, people got eliminated on the error step? I would love to know. And what's interesting is the pushback, like, oh, they just want free work. Clearly, this isn't something you're like, re if you have 50 people doing the same project. This is not, right. this is not like creative brain work. This is not like copywriting. This is not a social media post to turn around and reuse and not pay yeah. you for. This is clearly, right. and this is, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too, about the creative side of it. But this is like a mechanical, logistical, can you follow directions? Yeah. Step. Right. It's a weed out. So, well, and I, as a, as the business owner, I had to think of a task that wasn't going to utilize someone's creativity to the nth degree and then not pay them. Like, right. I had, and I had to get it to be something that I could actually be able to tell the difference between someone's skill set by whether or not they do the task. So it's, I had like three ideas. I'm like, I could have them do this. So like doing something, setting up a free platform, you know, free account set up a survey seemed pretty straightforward. Yeah. So I'm looking at it. And relevance and to the job, you know, at the same time. Relevance to the job. So I had okay, 48. I rounded up. I had 48 people apply and it looks like I had, I had 33 actually do the survey. Okay. Looks like they've since been reorganized. Things. <laughs> I would say probably half of those because I got this list down. Are you see half of 35 actually did it? Half of 35 probably did it correctly. Half. That probably seems accurate. Yeah. Wow. Probably no more than 25. Because I went through a list of 25 that my um, OBN had narrowed down. And I went through each application. And she even had notes in there. She's like, they did this bit wrong. You know, and it's kind of up to me whether to give grace or be like, and it's nothing personal. It's just that like, if I have 20, 
five applications I'm going through, I'm looking at that and I'm looking at your application details. Now that's the other thing. And other people, other people who did it right. That's the problem is you're going against people who did it right. (laughs) Exactly. And then from there, I have the actual application. So we had, it looks like 10 of those, 10 of them. We have noted, we sent an email for another position. Like we thought actually with what you shared in your application, you're probably better fit for the marketing role because you're hiring or, yeah. or doing the tech setup, which is interesting to me because this is the other thing. Tailor your application for the actual job because those are 10 people that I would have just had to like, we're not considering them, but then yeah. I asked Liz to go above and beyond my OBM to email them and let them know. She certainly didn't have to. She could have yeah. just said, you're not a good fit for this role, which is, takes energy for me and my team to do that. Yeah. And this is a key thing, guys. You have to put the effort in, guys and gals, you have to put the effort in to make that application relevant to the job, no matter what job, in person, online, you can't just slap in a resume and call it good. Like you've got to take the energy to pull it out, update your portfolio, update your one sheet, update I don't do resumes, but you know what I mean? Like you've got to tailor it. You can't just do this blanket generic thing. And I mean, this works. This is what I've been doing my entire career is making me look the perfect fit for that job. Right. Well, and the other thing that was so interesting. And so before we actually scheduled interviews, I scheduled 10 minute calls with like the narrowed down applicants for two things. One to confirm that they were good with the rate of the job. So money. The other is that they understood the actual role. Here's where I am confused. And I had a lot of people apply for this role mentioning copywriting and mentioning email setup and like strategy and project management, none of which are part of this role. So it was exhausting to me because I was like, did I do it wrong? Did yeah. I, is my job application that off? But like I took, clearly other applicants saw that it's like a 100% administrative job. Yeah. And that is going to be a flag for you because you don't want to hire somebody, work with someone who wants something to do something else. Like long-term, not a great fit. Common yeah. sense. <laughs> so these are the people that were like, actually, if you're more interested in copywriting, send us your portfolio. We'll store it away and I'll go through it at a later date when I can think straight and I'm not hiring for two, two other positions. Same yeah. with like email service provider, tech setup, things like that. So I have the, this virtual project assistant role. And then for the marketing role, the application, same thing you get. And I will say I did this because this is me being, well, I feel like it's just, it's standard. I guess I want to say it's me being gracious, but like when you apply, the thank you page says you will receive an email with next steps. If you don't get it, email me. Like, so I'm like telling them, go check your email. Right. And then the email says, here's your next step or whatnot. But for the marketing role, what I had them do is I took an old email that I'd sent my list with like a limited time promotion, price promotion for an affiliate of mine. And I dropped that in a Google doc with the instructions. And I said, will you make this evergreen for me? Like something that I can use in my nurture email. That's all it was. So like take out the pricing, take out the limited amount of time, just promote the dang affiliate as though it's any old day. So what happened? It was wonderful. I got people who did it. Oh, good. It was so great. But like, that's something that like, I'm not asking you to do a ton of copywriting. The email is already there. Just make it so that I can put it into a nurture sequence because that's related to the role. Can you follow directions? <laughs> yeah. So that's the one where like this person's going to help me write slash plan my weekly email. I still write a lot of them, but like some weeks I'm just crazy busy. And I'm like, will you throw together a roundup based on this topic? And I'll just, they'll go pull like, here's a podcast Allie was on. Here's a blog post. Here's a resource she has. 
put it yeah. into an email, send it to me to look at, and then yeah. format it and schedule it out. So, but sometimes it's like, well, yeah. And then with those weekly emails, if it's evergreen, I have them turn it into a blog post and put it into my nurture sequence. And if it's not evergreen, like a timely update, like I get to be a speaker at this event, that nothing happens there. Yeah. So I had I have those applications pulled up here too. <laughs> so those applications just closed last night. So I don't have everyone in there yet. Okay. But yeah, some of the things we look at to like really narrow down the applications from the get-go is did you do the test project? Oh, I should also say the application closed like yesterday at four o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. And then in that Google Doc with the next steps, it says this is due by August 12th, end of day. So I still give them two days to do the task, even though the application is gone. I should let okay. you know that. So it's okay. not like this is do this as long as fast as possible. Like I want to make sure people have time. They okay. can take two weeks, but it's due two days after the application. Yeah, depends on when they apply. Are okay. closed. So we look at that. I do look at available hours. I do look at time zone. I feel bad, but like I've got people like in Britain and whatnot. This particular role is much more time based. Like there's a quicker turnaround. If we have edits, I need you to be available. So if you're done working at like 10 a.m. my time, kind of leaves me in a lurch for the rest of the day, yeah, right? It's not ideal. Not ideal. And so in some of the times, those cases, like I'm not even reading the whole application, like, sorry, like, <laughs> but yeah. I have to be able to like figure out timeline wise who will be available in my team. Yeah. Did you put that? Let me ask that. Did you put a uh, location in your job description? I think I said like, U.S. time-based. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And some people like work really good. I mean, they work evenings in Britain, so that could work here. But I don't know. There's something about like central time zone. I'm like, oh, like they're with me here. There will <laughs> like, be no mistakes on yeah. what time the meeting is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like my assistant, Laura, has been on East time zone. She's moving to Arizona soon. So like, that's yeah. fine. Within a yeah. few hours, that's totally fine. But more than that, I don't like doing math. Yeah. My... <laughs> figure out time zones. My aunt jokes, she's like, that's not math, that's counting. And I was like, <laughs> well, I mean, there's a difference between Eastern and Pacific. I mean, that's a huge difference of what time you, yeah. I do a lot of my work in the morning. I actually have a teammate who is mountain time, but she is an early bird and it works out really well. Yeah. I would not require somebody to do that. You know what I mean? But it's just right. it's working out for us way too good. Yeah. Well, and like, I'm not going to lie. I also love like the magic of somebody who works evenings. Just when I wake up in the morning, it's already done. Yeah. You know, I kind of love that. But it's like for the virtual project assistant role, I would definitely need somebody who's there when I'm working. Yeah. Whereas for the marketing role, there are no like super hard deadlines. It's like the email just needs to be scheduled by Thursday. They can work whenever they want. So like that's yeah. something that like if you're in England, sure. Well, and that's Much more likely to work. Glad you said that because this is why I tell people if you're kind of on the fence between admin and marketing, marketing lends itself to more flexible hours. It just does. Like it's the type of work yes. you're doing. Admin is a little bit more office hour based. It just is how it is. Okay, let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists, 
who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and -and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. But it's interesting because I've got people who applied. So I did these little like 10 minute calls and I've had people interested in both roles. And I've just had to say like, this one is time-based task oriented, you know, for the virtual project assistant. But if you're wanting to do project management someday and really have room to take ownership over things like a convert kit migration or re-engage with people, like I am all about giving those opportunities to the people who've proven to be loyal and do their tasks and do them well. So I'm like, if that's the direction you want to go, it starts here. But if you don't want to do client work, then maybe that's where marketing is. Whereas like, right. So if you're doing, we're running like 10 projects at a time. We got a lot of stuff happening. And so you're going to be touching a lot of things as a virtual project ma- like assistant. And yeah, the more ownership you can take over things of like, you know, and doing an A plus job to reduce the workload on your team members doing all this QC on yeah. your work and being frustrated. <sighs> <laughs> Not yeah. that that's happened recently with another one of our subcontractors, but it's just like, oh, you're putting too much work back on us. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of facing can't that, have that either. I get that. And I, I was going to say this earlier, but I have a dream list of things in Asana clearly labeled. God, I'm going to throw my team under the bus. Clearly labeled. Things <sighs> nobody would like done. You know how long some of that stuff has been sitting there? Like no one has just jumped up and said, I'll do that. I'll do that. And it's not hard. One of them is apply for this podcast, which is a form. <laughs> it's like what we just talked just about. Just do it. Just like, do it. Come on, like, where's my go-getter? And I, I feel so guilty and my team's going to hear this. And those who are busy know they're busy. Like, I'm not, Yeah. you know, and I think I just need more people and more help. I'm not really, we're maxed out. Get this. So when I did these little 10-minute calls last week to figure out, like, who I actually wanted to have on, like, a full interview, right? It's so, like three hours meeting six people versus an entire day interviewing them, not knowing yeah. if the pay is right or if they understand the role. One of the gals, bless her heart, she asked, she was like, what's the milestones or the, you know, to be able to move up in this job or basically like, how do I get a raise? Probably like, how do I, you know, yeah. I don't know exactly how she phrased it, but I was like, honestly, you do the whole job. You do the job, you do it on time and we can trust you. Like if I can trust you with these things, like I will keep you around forever. Exactly. And like, she was looked at me like, I was like, really? It's that simple. I was like, oh girl, it is that simple. I say that all the time. I mean, guys, I even had Brittany on my show earlier this year and she even said this, it's not hard to stand out in this space at all. There are so many people who don't show up for the kickoff call, never like, you know, answer things timely, who you can't trust, who disappear, who have all the excuses. If you show up and do the work you say you're going to do, I can teach you digital marketing. Yeah. Easy. I cannot bring that work ethic to the table for you. No. No, you will be good. You'll be golden. Yeah. What is it? I mean, it's like, it's known as a Midwest thing too. So get this, Laura, my project assistant, the one that I'm moving up to being a project manager, applied for my job through like a random job board where I post my job postings in like six different places. Get this girl grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska, 
No way. Yes, her mother still lives here. She went to high school here. She went to college here. And now she's a Navy or a Air Force wife. And so oh. there's also just something kindred about like, you're somebody who understands you show up when you say you're going to show up. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not hard, guys. And I don't nag my team. I do not nag them. Like, I don't have time for that. I need yeah. to feel that it's on your list and it'll get done. So, I mean, I was told that in college by one of my scholarship benefactors. He was like, he grew up in New York or New Jersey or something and married a woman from Nebraska. And that's who the scholarship was under. But he took us out to lunch and he said, you guys are different than the rest of the workforce in America. You are. And for anyone who doesn't know, I am also half Nebraskan. Like, yeah. just to bring this up, I grew up in Nebraska too. So this is so funny to me. And I just was like, really? And he's like, just do the job that you were tasked to do. Do the job well. Yeah. So. Yeah. And like you said earlier with Laura, make sure your clients know what you want to learn, where you're going. Like if they can see that drive, that twinkle in your eye, they want to keep you and they want you to be in your zone. uh, But they do got to know about it. Yeah. The only time we've worried about Laura because we didn't hear from her on Slack it was the day after her, she's supposed to be back from vacation. We thought she was starting that day. Liz and I were freaking out. I was like, I hope she made it back safely. We're all just like, like well, it wasn't because, oh, Laura, just sometimes she ghosts us. Oh, hell no. She would never do that. But like, I got her phone number from an early, like her like kickoff meeting a year and a half ago or whatever. And I was like, hi, don't mean to be a mama bear, but are you like, okay? And she's like, oh my gosh, yes. I forgot to tell you I'm not starting till this afternoon. <laughs> I was like, okay, good. Just make You're sure. Like, okay. She like went on an international flight. It's like, I just want to make sure. Yeah, I don't blame okay. you. <laughs> oh my right? god, like, amazing. So we love each other. We do. I told that to Liz at the end of a call the other day. I go, is that unprofessional? Is that weird? She's like, no, I love you too. So, so this <laughs> is like the essence of building a team and why you communicate your values. And we want to work with people on our team who we like and. I don't think this girl will ever listen to this podcast, but she was working back when I had an agency working for me and I would just get all these voxers about all her drama all the time. I'm like, I know we're friends, but we also like crossed that line. You know what I mean? Like it it went too far, too too personal. It was eating up my time, but I also want to work with people I love who make me feel good and bring me up. And I remember Rachel Hollis talking about this a couple of years ago. She said something Like I dance at my team meetings and I want people who are going to dance with me and they need to know we dance. And I'm like, this is amazing. So when I hired for Laura's role, actually, I do remember one of the gals that we turned down the job for her, gave her, I don't know what you call it. We broke up with her. It's like, hi, we picked someone else. And I've had a couple people do this and I appreciate this. They're like, can you give me more details about why I wasn't chosen? And both times I've replied, one was today. And one was a year and a half ago. And both times I've replied, first of all, they go, do you know how many times, like, I guess people aren't replying them to them to give them answers. And they say, you're one of the few people who's actually like replied and given me feedback. Okay. <sighs> be a good employer. Tell people. Yeah, I know. We have and that. Be ki- and be kind. So it's yes. also super helpful to like, just keep notes. So this gal a year and a half ago, I just told her, honestly, it's a culture thing. You're just like super quiet and we are going to trample all over you. Like yeah. with our personality, like we have big personalities here. And then this last gal, I told her, I was like, honestly, there was one error on your survey application. And as much as like, I remember just seeing that, like we had to cut down a list of 50 people. 
And she was like, thank you for letting me know. I see that now. So it's a little learning opportunity for her. I get to be honest, you know, and the fit thing was hard for me because I'm like, what was it? It's not that she doesn't have that skill set. But like that day that we were interviewing people, Laura was our first interviewee at like 9 a.m. And the whole day we're going, but are they as good as Laura? You know, so that was kind of this like, and that's just kind of an intuition thing. And so just because you don't get chosen for a job doesn't mean you weren't qualified. Yeah. I can only hire one person per role. So hundred percent. So how do you decide who, okay, so now you have these 10 people or so that have followed the directions are error free. How do you handle it after that? So I went on these, what do we call vibe check calls? They don't know that they will know if they watch this, but it's like a 10 minute call to make sure that like, you know, the pay is good. The role is good. I was able to kind of ask some preliminary questions like availability. I went a little hog wild and like gave the <laughs> the interview scheduling link to all of them because I'm like, you're all great. And I have a hard time narrowing it down. And that's really not the point of the, the vibe check call. Part of it is, this is my climbing up on my soapbox. Okay. This is where if you come off as like, well, I really want this job so that I can be better at this. Like if, if it's about you, you're not getting an interview. Oh my God. I used to interview, help my boss. My last full-time job, I worked at an arts council in Oklahoma City and he would just bring me the stack of applications. I would help him sort through it. And I sat through so many job interviews and I know that it's common sense to me, but so many people made the entire interview about them. Yeah. And it was like, ah, I feel so bad. This is so awkward. <laughs> well, even in my applications, I ask, why do you want to work for Duet? And if they say anything about like, because someday I want to start an email marketing copywriting business. I'm sorry. I'm not here to train you up to be my competitor. <laughs> like, yes. no, like, and for me, it's always more about my clients. It's more about getting to do good work. I think that we were designed to do work and to, you know, be able to use our passions and to be kind and to help people do more good in the world. It's so like, that's what I want to hear more of yeah. than you wanting to build up your resume. Have you heard anything else like that's a wrong answer in that category? And and also, can you tell yeah. when people are being fake? Because I feel like I know how to lie on personality tests. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if people are taking the time to try and lie. Okay. okay. Like, from the, based on the whole application. And part okay. of it is like, guys, if you're not Googling proper nouns, it drives me nuts. Just like things like capitalize Google, capitalize acuity, capitalize convert kit. Like, I'm literally comparing your application to other people who come off way more professional, you know, like, because if I'm ever going to let you email the clients directly, I need to trust that you're not going to be sloppy about it. Yeah. Oh, and it's so important. I see this sometimes like, well, I did journalism school. If you named a proper name wrong, that was an error and you got an F no matter what. You could have a beautiful article, but if you had one misspelled proper noun, F. Yeah, and that's what Google is for. In and I, I'll see my podcast guest names wrong, like in the folder. It's like a stupid folder yeah. that doesn't matter. And I'm like, I flip out because then I start to wonder, like, can I trust anything related to this entire production yep. of podcast, every single graphic, every show note, you know, yeah. and I'm like, ah. so here's the hack for that. Go to the website, scroll to the bottom and see in their copyright how they format their name. Yeah. Yeah. I work with bloggers all the time. So like, for instance, displacedhousewife.com, the way she spells displaced housewife is without a space between them. There's no space. And so that was something I like how to make sure my team knew about from the get go. Mm-hmm. You know, ConvertKit has a couple capital K. Yep. Flowdesk does not have a capital D, right? So here's, 
example, somebody wrote in, why do they want to work for me? I really enjoy email marketing and copywriting, and I'm excited about the opportunity to use my skills and passion to help other businesses grow. I also want to continue growing my skills in these areas, and I'm excited to learn. Yes, it's about you, like, growing skills, but I'm like, I also have a value on my team that everyone's a learner. We're actively learning new things. So you just hit on it, right? Like you go back to the job description, you basically repeat the mission <laughs> and some values in a concise sentence. I mean, there's an art yeah. to it, but there yeah. is a formula to this, guys. Here's another one that says, I love helping small business owners succeed and the field of marketing is exciting to me. I want to work for Duet as a way to dive into this industry more directly. I want to be on a team that helps small business owners build their brands and find success. I want to expand my specific knowledge surrounding email marketing and I work for somebody inspiring and driven. And you hit it there, like they want a little bit of flattery. Yeah, a little bit. And (laughs) they also said, I want to be on a team. Like, I want to be the support squad. The other thing I saw a lot of is when I was on Jennifer Allwood's team, we were hiring some help and we were going through a bunch of people and they would have these very robust social media accounts. It was very clear that they were way on a different entrepreneurial path. And this was just like, collect a paycheck for the time being, but you can tell like they were going to do their own thing. And so you kind of have to watch out for that too. Yeah. And I remember doing this, like when I worked in video production, when we would hire for new people, like we have to work as a team, we have to. And so if anybody is here for their own personal gain, because of where they're going to take their career, that's hard for me because I'm training you. I'm integrating you with all my clients. You're getting access to like all my clients information, like their email platform where you could like, I don't know. You could hijack that crap. That's destroy 180,000 <laughs> subscribers. Yeah. You know? the, the worst. Here's one that I don't love. Why do you want to work for Duet? Basically, the fact that I could work remotely is fantastic. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I am not your pity party hire either. <laughs> nope. Somebody just says, I would love to work with Allie. I love that she's a Christian. She is kind, caring, and informal slash relaxed. My kind of vibe. <laughs> that doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know, but, but at the same time, I'm not going to be her direct report, like, or she's not going to be my direct report. She'll have other people, but it is part of the company culture. Yeah. But yeah, I hope that um, that's helpful. Oh my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> this is so good. I wanted to talk a little bit more. Well, first of all, yeah. sh- showing your personality, like you said, you connected to someone because they were from Lincoln, they were Air Force. Like, you can't have this initial reach out cover letter email that is so dry and lacking personality because you do have to stand out. Yeah. I had a couple people, I go over this in my course. I remember somebody starting their letter. Hi, I'm a grandma. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. I know you love your kids, but like, that is like the worst start ever. Oh my gosh. I will say here, get this with Laura, the way that she shared her test project with me, for whatever reason, I couldn't see her suggested edits. Oh, back when I did that project. And I remember liking her application, liking that she was from Lincoln. And I don't remember if I emailed her, or she emailed me to follow up. But I was like, girlfriend, it wasn't in the right format. Like I am, I'm kind of cutthroat. I'm like, other people did it right. And she was like, let me do it again for you. Here's a new link or whatever. And like, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have one of the very best VAs ever. Yeah. So like, that's a choice I had to make as a business owner. I can't be cut out to the point that I'm like not gracious at all. And we still yeah, can figure she did out things to get there too. Like she was impressing yeah. you up until that point. Right. Yeah. So it really stood out. What else? Oh, here's the other thing. Okay. So in that project, I had them edit an email that I had written. Like this is one that I'd already sent out to my list, whatever, but can you edit this email for me? We had at least one applicant like take a 
like a hatchet to my email. And that was like offensive. I'm like, okay, this is also like what I do for a living. So it was like this balance of like making the right recommendations without being like, I don't like any of this. I'm like, okay, well, but what I loved is like this email already had like one or two GIFs. And like, we had some gals just add in new ones, like Mickey Mouse, like dancing around. And I was like, yes, you got (laughs) me, like (laughs) meet the vibe. And so like, we literally wrote down like this gal, like might think she's too good for us. Like if she would go rewriting the content that I already wrote. Uh, I learned that mistake in my MBA <laughs> program on a team paper when I like butchered. I mean, it was crap though. And I didn't want my name on it, but I was like, oh, I was like 20 or something. I was like, oh, I really offended a lot of people. <laughs> but they were, they, honestly, Allie, they didn't follow the directions. It turned into this like 20 page paper well, supposed to be like 10. And I was like, uh-uh, that's one guys. thing. I'm the one that's hiring them. So yeah. You know, so in yeah. a way, there was kind of a slap in the face. It so, was. <laughs> oh, but you would ask. So after we did these little like vibe check calls. Oh, yeah, yeah. The goal was now we're going to do interviews. Now the interviews, and this is something that like I probably need. I'm still doing some research on like making sure I'm asking the right questions. Because I really need answers to help me differentiate who's good fit and who's not to go into the next phase. So I have six interviews on Monday. Okay. A lot of uh, let me give you my interview sheet too. Like I have some ideas that will show people who, cause I, you really want the person who is dynamic and has a growth mindset ultimately. Like yes. you've got to figure that out. So I have some good questions for you that you can. I help. would love that. Thank you. So then once we go through that, then I'll Liz, my project manager, and I will narrow it down to probably like two or three people. And this is not my idea. This is my business coach, but then what we do is we hop on a call where they do a test project live. Like I'll be on Zoom with them for 30 minutes while they do this thing. And then at the end of 30 minutes, they tell me, they walk me through. I have yet to figure out exactly what that would be for this position. And then from there, I just have to kind of go with my gut probably to make the decision. Yeah. You know, if it's not like super clear, I will say what's cool about the hiring thing. Another thing my business coach gave me was a scorecard. So basically like, here's the question. Here's the answer we want. And then we give them a score based on how closely they align to what we're looking for, right? Because next thing you know, you're going to be like, well, they're good at all these other things. And it's like, that's not what we're But you're getting for. distracted. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of like set that bar before you even do the interviews. Yeah. So you can be like less emotional about it. That's good. Yeah. I'm going to plug my work group right now. Anyone who's in my work group, we have a training with a hiring manager over there. She goes over her process a little different than Allie's, but very similar where she does have the scorecard and she talks about things. And I think that will be helpful for you because I see a bunch of my work group people here live watching. That one's with Amy Edge. So go check that out. It's very insightful, but she'll just kind of put everybody in a spreadsheet basically. And it's like red, 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 green. (laughs) Like... And, you know, green kicks off other things because she is Amy and she's like going to automate everything. But <laughs> I love it. You kind of realize when you realize that if you were applying for, I don't know, University of Oklahoma, when I applied for them, like I had to use the right keywords in the right spot to get past the bots. Like there's a name for that. I wrote about that for a client. I can't think of what they are, but you've got to follow the directions to get to the next level. And I had some people in my work group kind of complaining about this. And if it's a long project, yes, if it's copywriting, if it's creative, subjective, it is fair to be charged for that. I know people who do that. What you're talking about is not offensive. It's not hard. You guys have to play the game. You think of it as a weed out process for you to stand out because 75% 75% will weed themselves out, <laughs> according to Allie's number. It is like not that hard. 
No, it's not hard to to stand out. And so, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else would be helpful. But did you have people send resume? Did you ask for resumes or okay? I tell my people they're kind of they're passe, but you could have a portfolio. You could have a one sheet sometimes. Some people will include that or they will send it separately as an email. I did have one gal create a couple of social media graphics for me for the marketing role, which is like 2% of the role. So not like super applicable, but man, I appreciate that she took the extra mile, like created two social media graphics from a couple, like a blog post that I did. And I said, duet or whatever. And I was like, look at you. Like, that's that's me. But then again, all employers are going to be different. They're going to be like, you went off scope. I don't know. Yeah, but it is nice because it shows she can do design and she's thinking about it, you know, so yeah. yeah. And I will say when I hired Laura a year and a half ago, I needed one person who could do everything. Now Mm -hmm. I've narrowed it down into two specific roles. That being said, your other skills that would be helpful, include that in the question of like, is there anything else you'd like to share with me? So like, that's where you can say, in addition to all of this, I'm developing skills in copywriting and email platform setup um, and learning how to pitch events. If that's something that would ever be helpful to you, just let me know. So it's like, you're not trying to sell me on things that, that if I'm looking for somebody to be the catch-all and I see that, I'm like, oh, great. Then yeah. I don't need to hire a marketing person. I can just hire one person to do it all. Yeah. But right now I'm at the phase in my business where I need the marketing and outreach person to be focused on that because client work will always take precedence. Yeah. That's the hard thing about being the catch-all VA is that you will always be doing client work over internal tasks. But as an employer, the reason why I'm separating them is because I need those internal marketing and sales tasks to be happening. Yeah. So that's my call. Yeah. And then you you have kind of grown up to this too. Like you you've gained that clarity and that's totally normal. Yeah. So just so you know, employees are looking for different things. And if you do have additional skills that could help them, like there's usually a place to put that. Yeah. And if you don't, you can kind of put that in with your email. What do you, you didn't have anyone like cold outreach. It was all through the application, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Cold email. Did you have anyone email you? Yes. Here's the thing. Okay. How did I forget to tell you that this is the other big annoyance was that I would get emails from people who would say, I saw you in Emily's group. And they would send me an email saying like, you can book a call with me here, or you can learn more about my services here, which I appreciate from an employer standpoint. But I have an application, I have a process, and I'm going to need you to follow it. If you're reaching out to me because like so-and-so introduced you to me on Instagram, then you can send an email like that because you're probably the one person to do it. But I had 50 applicants and I probably had 10 people email me saying, I heard, I saw this job posting. Like, can you tell me more about it? And like, (laughs) yeah, that's so aggravating. That was shared. (laughs) A lot of the jobs I get, we collect it through a hiring form. I try to take the pain out of it for business owners and I try to help them get that catch-all person. So a lot of them don't have this formal process. And so my people are they're mm. kind of used to that. But here's the thing. We took your job description. We took everything you sent us with links and put it in there. And how yeah. many people are like, how do I apply? I'm like, you could just click see more and read it. I'm sorry. It's right. 35 well, seconds. And then that's just not good for them because they're not getting looped in with everyone else who ends up in my air table that I actually get to look through. Like you're yeah. not getting the test thing. Like, yeah, you've got and my inbox is already a hot mess. Minus two girl. And so I felt bad. Like, but yesterday I was like, Hey, actually you have to go through this process and it closes at four o'clock today. Best of luck. 
<laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it stinks because I'm like, yeah, you, you might be a great person who can do this, but I need you to go this way. Like, it's for my sanity. Yeah. My sanity and my organization. It's not just one person you're looking at the applications, it's two. Yeah. You open those floodgates, you know, you lose things. Like I tell a lot of my students, I'm like, don't DM me. And then all the course of their questions, like it might not get answered. Like I have a path for that to make sure you get taken care of and you got to follow the path. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, yeah. Allie, this has been so great. Okay. <laughs> I, I know all of you love her. I am um, tell everyone where we can connect with you. Tell us about your round table, where we can get free resources. If we are interested yeah. in email marketing. Yeah. So I have a ton of resources. So my site is duet.co, D-U-E-T-T.co. I have an entire resources page. But one thing that would be of particular interest if you're new to e- learning how to do email marketing for clients, I have a like 40 minute training video. It's from what I did for a mastermind. There's no pitch or anything. You just watch it and learn the difference between a forum and a landing page all <laughs> in there, what to do with subject lines, things like that, just to kind of raise your base knowledge of the fundamentals of email marketing. But like you said, I also have a round table, which I've been doing since the start of the year. This is a an hour long Zoom chat with me and other people who are learning and applying email marketing and everyone's in a different phase. So you can come with what you know, or if your clients would be interested in coming, they're welcome to come and ask their big questions about segmentation, tagging, sales, et cetera. But that is every third Thursday of the month at 3 p.m. Central. But if you go to duet.co slash roundtable, you can get on the list for the next one. And the next one, we are talking about newsletters. So last month, we talked about content planning, which when you register, you'll also get a link to all of the recordings. Okay. So you can go back in and look at that. But this time, we're talking about how to simplify newsletters, how to get them out the freaking door. <laughs> um, so please come to that. It's free. You get my undivided attention for an hour. And then at the end, if you have any time, we have Q&A. So. Oh, that's amazing. I love that you're doing that. And I love yeah. the pitch-free zone. Like rising tides here. So this is amazing. Yeah. Okay. I did put the round table link in here. You guys can grab that, sign up for the next one. And then her other resources are on her site too. We'll put that link in later. And thank you. This is so insightful. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks everyone for watching. Hope you learned something. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. That was so much fun. I love Allie. Go check out episode 76 where we talk about welcome sequences. It's a good episode and definitely find her, connect with her with all of the links in the show notes, get on her next round table. And I hope I see you in the next podcast. If you like this episode, if you enjoyed it, if you're learning a lot, sometimes the internet is a black hole. I could use your help. I would love a review. I would love a five-star review. (laughs) I would love for you to hit subscribe or tag both of us on Instagram stories. Help us create that social proof. Give us your feedback, man. We need it. We need it, especially in podcast land. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. 
Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. Hey, are you still here? Yes. Can we, can you show me your Asana? Hell yeah.